Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to episode 70 of The Nero Show. In today's episode... Sepp Kuss has made some tweaks to his equipment for the early part of the season, so we're going to pick through them. FSA sponsor a heap of world tour teams, but we hardly see them on the road. What's going on? We have a bit of a dig into using sugar water as fueling for a grand fondo. Katie Kookaburra's riding a rim brake, Cedric's back vlogging, and people are filming Remco up climbs. All right, let's get into it. So it turns out GC Kuss is watching the show, Jesse. <laughs> That's that's the that's the uh, only solution or the only outcome I can think of. Did you see any of this? Did you see him bounding about on the I one did bike? Not. All I saw was photos, and then I saw there was chat about the power data of Lascano that won, and he did monstrous watts. What stands out to you here? Well, firstly, he, he he's not on the Cervelo S five. He's not on the Cervelo R five. He is on the Soloist, which. For me, is the first time I've seen one of the Yumbo riders on the soloist from, that I can remember. So I, I don't know what's going on here. I, I, from memory, he didn't run that last year. He seemed to be either on R5 or S5. For some reason, he's chosen their kind of middle rung, actually less of their race bike. I think it's more of their, um, you know, the fact that the World Tour team doesn't use it just means it's their more of their sort of do it all. Would you I, say it's the one bike to do it all style? <laughs> I was, as you can probably tell, it was on the tip of my tongue. Uh, yeah, he's on the one bike to do it all. Um, and just this, so can we chat about the setup here? Now, someone's going to say, because we're, mm. we're just going to chat about this. Yeah. Why don't you just like message him and ask why? Look, there's no fun in actually knowing why he's running anything. Correct. This is the fun. This is this. So we can just speculate. The bit that's about to happen <laughs> is the reason we do the show. This yeah. is what happens when you go out in the bike ride and you try to work out hmm. why he has ridden the soloist. Yes, we could have reached out and actually just gotten <laughs> the answer and this segment me a minute long and we move on. But there's no fun in that, is there? When I first saw this, my thinking was it had to have, it had to have something to do with tyre clearance. But from what we can see, the new S5 has, well, the claims tyre clearance up to 34 yep. mil, yep. which is the same as the soloist. They yes. both say they claim up to 34 measured width. So based on that, my initial impression was, oh, maybe it takes wider tyres. And because this race had dirt sections in it, he chose that. It doesn't seem to be the case because it appears that on paper, they both have the same uh, tyre clearance. Not for that reason. In terms of the actual gearing that he's running, I reckon 
What do you think? Is that a 50 tooth, maybe potentially a 52 tooth front front ring? Looks a little bigger than a 50. I think it's the 52. 52. Yeah, yep, looks like, like the 52. And that looks like the 1036 at the back. Yep. Now, from what I understand, Yumbo do have access to a red version of the 1036. Us mere mortals don't. So I'm, I'm sure there's no f- slop force on there at any point. So mm-hmm. that's potentially what's going on back there. That looks like the road derailer. Um, the bar setup, it's the rounded bar and stem, which again. It's just on the standard yep. round FSA. Uh, it, it looks like the FSA SLK, which would be the carbon ones, just round bar, round stem, um, which is, again, also quite interesting to not run an, even an aero profiled uh, separate handlebar. Just a bit flatter, save maybe a watt or two. Nah, don't care. Run the round one. Interesting. There's Can also I? a little. Yeah, so he hasn't fully. I mean, early season, so maybe he's going to lift that 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 stem up a little bit. There is a, there is a centimeter of spacer above the stem, which is a little uh, preseason esque, isn't it? That's what I think's going on here. All right. So I think we're we're going preseason mindset. Mm-hmm. Um, even though it was a bloody good race, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But I reckon this, we're going to see a little bit. I think I mentioned it last week, this gamified cycling thing that SRAM are sort of doing. And I reckon they're going to, they're going to fully lay into this for the next couple of weeks. Trial these what we would term bizarre setups, see what works, see what doesn't work, and potentially use that for unique stages later on throughout the, the course of the season. So you don't have a setup like potentially you had with with Primoz where he just sort of suddenly jumped on a one by for that last stage at the Giro. I reckon they're going to try and use them a little bit here and there to see what works, what doesn't work and, and kind of go that route. And I love it. I absolutely oh. love it. Uh, to facilitate that as a team is an absolute total pain in the ass. Yep. <laughs> Imagine how much stuff they have to have on hand. It, this would, there's not many teams that can allow this of just, oh, I'd like to try the soloist. And I'd like to run separate bar stem. And could you throw this on and and do and just I'm just going to try it for, for for one race. And I maybe I'll train on it for for the preseason team camp. And then if I don't like it, I'll never ride it again. It's like sure, yep, we'll set it up for you. Those tires look massive. They really <laughs> look massive. Yeah. Um, yeah. Can I just quickly say? So I mentioned that I watched this race. Can I tell you how I watched this race? Yeah. Can you right. have a, have a guess how I watched this race? I watched it. I watched the full race, not on YouTube. Oh, not on YouTube. Mm-hmm. I was. You were. Were you tis cycling? No. No. Okay. I have absolute. Oh, is yeah. this some new Elon Musk Twitter thing? No. No. Okay. No, no. So, um, turns out this is my mistake, but I have a flow sports. I accidentally let it roll over last November. Okay. Which was just really dumb. Um, <laughs> you know when you get that, you get the managed subscriptions thing and anyway. So, yeah, I have a Flow Sports account. Flow. Okay. Flow Sports. So Flow Sports through uh, the ExpressVPN. Should I be saying this? Anyway, it doesn't matter. ExpressVPN uh, location that I used was Canada and Canada watched the full um, coverage through that. So I got that. I got the... Uh, tour of Provence. Yep. I got the women's UAE tour mm-hmm. and uh, some of these other bizarre classics. I got like a, uh, the Almeria classic, I think, the Mercia classic, one of those. The ones, right. the one that um, Remco just rode away from oh, everyone yeah, yeah, yeah. after <laughs> 50Ks, uh, which was kind of funny. So I got those. That's, that's how I didn't watch them. 
Uh, how did you know they were on? Why did you watch this? Did you see things on Twitter or something and then you go, oh, I'll go backlog and Yeah, pretty watch. much. Yeah. And I, I was a bit like you. So since we, we started watching a little bit of pro cycling when it came on board in Australia last week or last month, I got the, I got the bug back to get into to having the races on in the background. And, yeah, so that was, that was kind of where I went looking for it. Okay, cool. Can I point out one more thing in this photo mm-hmm. of Sepkus? His arm warmers are on the wrong arm. Oh, great! Public spot, service Jesse. announcement: On your arm warmers, the logos should look backwards to you, and look the correct way up from someone that's looking at you. So you can see he's got the AGU logo is on his right hand; it's upside down. He should have that on his left arm, and then it would be facing the correct way. So superb pickup. That's ab. That's it's a it's a classic. It's a cussism that way. That's a classic. Yeah, cussism. well, just, I mean, you know, and this probably doesn't care. Uh, He's just slapped them on. I didn't want to mention the helmet sunglasses gap. <laughs> We've gone there now. I think it potentially needs to be just highlighted. Yep. Yep. That's all. Okay. Apart from that, I love it. We're really going to nitpick now. Okay. So on the helmets that have the the clasp at the back, which is most helmets have mm-hmm. them these days, mm. how do you set that up? Because mm. there's two schools of thought here. I've seen people that have the uh, retention system at the back right up almost underneath the back of the helmet kind of sitting like that. And then there's other people that pull it all the way down and it's like right at the base of the skull. Mm. I think that's probably maybe why it's kind of rotated back. He looks like he's got it tucked pretty far up. How do you run yours? I have a feeling a lot of it comes down to whether you've got the actual size of the helmet right. So for for the the up tilters, you tend to find the people that are running a helmet that's a little bit too small for them. And so, therefore, if they nobble it down a bit, you're getting quite a big helmet gap. Whereas if you've got a helmet that probably fits you, you are able to just sort of drift it a little bit further back and you're still getting a nice bit of forehead coverage and not getting the full ray grab. Mm, okay. See, I've, there's, I don't want to name any names, but there's some people when they just – maybe it's the shape of their head, but they have that retention system so far down, mm. you know, there's like a 10-centimetre gap of just skull sticking out. It's a, yeah, it's a weird – Weird sort of things. I don't know. I think um, in an angle, get, can we get the protractor out and just get those, get that tilted forward a little bit? Of, you know. I had a lot of, we had a lot of people comment about the Red Bull thing, saying that they don't run a specific Red Bull helmet, that they're running a the team's helmet, but with the Red Bull colorways on it. That's still our point. Our point is that it's not a Giro helmet at that point. It's completely covered and branded mm. Red Bull. Mm-hmm. So I just I just wanted to say that. Oh, that's also not just for looks. Like if you crash mm. and your helmet is like at your hairline, mm. your temples are totally exposed. Like the helmet's designed to be worn close to your eyebrows. And I've seen people crash and their eye sockets get mashed up because their helmets either slides back or is too far back. So please, just for for just for fashion and just to protect your eyes if you do unfortunately crash. Don't have your helmet back there. That's not doing anything. Just on the pro lines. Yeah. I picked this up the other week. So was it GCN? One of them did the what are the pros running this year and they went through every single pro team, broke down the the bike builds, et cetera, et cetera. And one of the brands that is on so well, actually total of seven pro teams was FSA Vision. So essentially the same company, right? So – Majority would be, so the vision would be the wheels, FSA a lot of the time then being the chain rings or the handlebars and bar. 
the most, apart from Shimano, the most kind of prominent sponsored equipment of any other brand. Yeah. Yep. But this is what I find weird. They're almost invisible to me on the road. Mm-hmm. Again, our bubble, whatever. But I, I actually, I, I'm pretty confident in saying this, especially Australia, US, UK. You just don't see that much vision or FSA stuff. And I don't know whether it's just the fact that it's the specking of bikes now that's doing this, but like that Metron wheel set, I couldn't tell you the last time I saw that on a bike. I definitely see what you mean, that they're, they're are popular in the world to be used by a lot of teams, but they're, they're not sold. Uh, Join a chat why that might be. I've got some, I've yeah. got some points because – like if you were going to buy an aftermarket set of wheels for your bike, and I will say as well, just before I get into this, out, we were sponsored by FSA Vision with Nero a few years ago. So we've used the equipment. So we can kind of speak from like having ridden some of the stuff as well. Unfortunately, you wouldn't really think of of shopping around amongst the Vision wheel sets if you were looking to upgrade. You're probably going direct from Asia, so you might be looking at Winspace or Elite, or if you want their brand names, it's going to be Envy, it's going to be Zip, that sort of thing. Really, Vision has no penetration in that in that aftermarket wheel set thing, which is kind of sad because their wheel sets are good. good. They're fine, They've got a, and they've got a range. Like it's, They also have, if you look at some of their products, some of their wheel sets are just mid-level, like nothing special, but then some of their products are pretty good, like some of their crank sets are really light. So if you were kind of doing an aftermarket spec um, to build up and you wanted to go a lighter crank set option, some of those, uh, the K-Force light crank sets, carb, all carbon, they're super light. So they actually have some products that are competitive in certain areas, but it just doesn't get the recognition. So what do you think they're doing wrong? Because the products are sort of, pretty solid their performance they're they're easily i mean the, the pro teams are choosing or riding them and they're not holding them back they might not be doing anything wrong like they get to come stock on a lot of bikes mm. so perhaps their profit's pretty good because they're just selling oem and and they come as stock builds on maridas and they just maybe they make plenty of money and they don't actually care if people are buying them aftermarket as products there's, I mean, there's that potential, but it would still surprise me because why would you be putting so much effort into being and money into being in the world tour if you weren't intending people to buy your products aftermarket? But there are other other brands doing a similar thing that I feel like get more recognition. Even Carbon Tie, who, from what I can tell, all they do is give or are, are on UAE's bikes with the disc rotors and the chain rings. But if I was building and uh, building up my own bike, I would. Think of carbon tie before I think of an FSA vision. Yeah. It comes, it's, it seems to be stickier. I don't know. I just feel like this is a brand that needs to change it up. Okay, we get it. You don't need to try and do the, the pro froth thing anymore. Okay, that was maybe a good avenue for you to, to, to cut through initially, but it's, you're overplaying that card now. You need to get out into different into different conversations. You need to you need to make vision and FSA cool. Do a factor. Yeah. 100% in reverse. I yep. mean factor kind of did the reverse yep. where it was froth, it was online. Yep. It was just it was the, if you know you know bike, then it entered the world tour. Yep. 
So kind of play that in reverse a little bit. Yep, definitely. How did factor – this is totally uh, – maybe I should think. This is totally a side conversation, but how did factor even do that in the first place? Can you remember six, seven years ago – all Factor really had was that aero, the Factor one with the split down tube. That was the first time I remember seeing a Factor bike. How did they go from that to the 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 it bike of not talking at all about social media and just purely going off chat? Right. This is this is classic neuro neuro okay. show stuff. Just pure yeah. chat. Yeah. Even. Before they were a thing, they were a thing. <laughs> so it was, it 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 almost started out as a, in the chat world, have you heard about this brand? So somehow they'd already got to that level of the, oh, have you heard about this factor stuff? Supposedly it's, you know, pretty good. Like, I don't know how they did that. Do we, can can we not first, remember how that happened though? I can remember people, because we were, kind of racing at the time. Yeah. And I can remember people in those bunches and things being that was already there. They'd, they'd already managed to do that. And I don't know how. Okay. <laughs> I don't want to spend too much time on that because no. we need to do I, – I definitely want to come back to the fact to this. Maybe we go do some digging and we can chat about it okay. in, in a future week. I think it's a really interesting story of how that – how factor happened. Yeah. Because they, they came in – Opposite of kind of similar to, to, to what a lot of other brands do. So let's let's do some homework there, okay. and maybe we'll come back to that one. I, I am interested to dig into that. So more gear chat. Uh, that Zwift Cog thing. Zwift came out with the trainer. Then they had the Zwift Cog, which is get rid of the cassettes, put the Zwift Cog on your your Zwift trainer, and it's compatible with every bike. And you just virtually shift with our little paddle things, and off you go. Brilliant. Then last week it came out that uh, Zwift and Wahoo partnered together. So if you have a Wahoo Kicker Core, you can do the same thing. Take off your cassette, put on the Zwift Cog, oh, wow. buy the Zwift Paddles, and now with a Wahoo Kicker Core, you're, you're good. You're on. Um, it's just really we, – we, we've seen a lot and, and there's a lot of chat around like uh, bike – Industry is overpriced and all this kind of doom and gloom stuff. And we, we talk about this sometimes. We think things are a ripoff or whatever. But, like, we got to say, I mean, I got to say, like, this is crazy in terms of future proofing they're doing for the kicker core and also the backwards compatibility of it. I've got a kicker core from probably four years ago. And they didn't need to do this. They didn't have to do this. Um, but the fact that they've, Gone to the effort to make it all backwards compatible, so I can now upgrade, and that means in the future if I move to one by SRAM Red, it still works. I don't have to change anything. Um, and they've done this really cheap as well. They haven't gone, oh, buy the upgrade kit and it's four hundred dollars. Uh, the, the the price of the actual upgrade kit with the clicks uh, shifters is really competitive. I, 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 again, I'm just losing my mind over Zwift and, and now they've partnered with Wahoo. I think it's amazing. So this is Zwift and Wahoo getting together. Uh, yeah. They would have had to work together it's because really it has to fit on the Wahoo trainer. It wasn't that long ago that Zwift, uh, that Wahoo were trying to create their own Zwift. Like that's what that platform was. What was it called? Wahoo X or, or whatever that the, their interactive training program was. Mm-hmm. 
So <laughs> you it's can tell they've given shift. up on that because yeah. on the Australian Wahoo Fitness website, you can buy, this is the name of the product, Kicker Core Zwift One with one year Zwift membership. It is a Brilliant. cut and they have just yeah. gone and gotten married. So yeah. the Wahoo system, that indoor platform, I feel like they're not even bothering anymore and they're just gone, we're going to partner with Zwift. We'll make them compatible with the Zwift cog. So would this be enough to convince someone who has a really good working kicker core from six years ago to upgrade? Because this was this was always the chat, wasn't it? That- yeah, but it's not even that it's caused them to upgrade. Like their kicker will still work. It's just that the kicker that you had, that maybe then you had to buy a new free hub for because you changed group sets because it's a four-year-old trainer. You've probably upgraded bike by then. Uh, well, they've solved it for you mm. for, for for hardly any money for 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 cheap, and they didn't even they didn't they could have just released a new trainer, and only the new trainer was compatible with the Zwift Cog, the Zwift One thing. Sorry, I'm not sure the name is Zwift One or Zwift Cog. It's, it's a Zwift Cog. Cog. It's called yeah. the Zwift Cog. Yeah. yeah. So they could have done that. They could have just changed the mounting system of the free hub on, on the on the Zwift Cog so that it was only compatible with a new proprietary. Mm. Free hub thing that only fit with the kicker core version two mm. released in 2024, but they didn't. They went, all right, we'll just make them compatible with the old free hub and everyone that's ever bought a kicker core can go and use this and basically use their kicker core forever. The kicker core also now does auto calibration. That was the thing that the new kickers, uh, the new regular kickers had the auto calibration, which so you don't need to do that in an annoying spin down. They just always stay accurate. So one of the firmer updates as well recently for the kicker core is that they've brought that in. So now you have a trainer, a five-year-old trainer that's compatible with the new, basically the new standard of indoor training gearing. It's the Zwift Gog. That's it. Yep. That also auto calibrates so you don't need to do any spin downs. It's going to be a long time before that is redundant. That thing's, I, and, it, and they haven't gouged the price. It's pretty cheap. How does this solve Wahoo's financial problems? Like this is fantastic news from a consumer perspective, um, but isn't the whole? It wasn't the whole issue with Wahoo financially that everyone had a kicker core. They're bloody great. No one needed to upgrade, and so they can't sell any. Can't sell you anything. And now, a you can buy a kicker. You can buy a Zwift cog. Backwards compatible to the thing you bought six years ago, and for a slice, a tiny slice of what an actual trainer costs you, I'm just trying to think about it from from the Wahoo perspective because this is, and I've said this a lot of times, this is a company we really need. We really need to survive. Otherwise, you just have this Garmin monopoly. Um, yeah, like I, I, I hope maybe maybe there's a revenue sharing thing with with Zwift with that with that one year free that kind of that works for them. I don't know. I just, I hope. Yeah. Well, the other side to what you're saying there is this is the Wahoo is also a competitor to Zwift's own trainer. Yeah. But haven't they ditched that now? I don't know. I actually mm. don't. Are Zwift going to, are Wahoo going to buy Zwift or other way around? Are they going to merge? I don't know. But I mean, I'm here for it because it's really good. It's a really good outcome. Yeah. Or maybe, maybe Wahoo are just playing the long game of, like, let's just create the best suite of products that are the most compatible and no one will ever buy a tax or an elite trainer and 
will just have more market penetration and it'll be us and the Zwift trainer. Yeah, just lean as far as you can into this, the gamifying of indoor cycling with the little buttons. It looks like a like a Nintendo, the whole setup, setup. just fully go that route and, yeah, hopefully that it beats the serious. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Ramen. All right, so we're going to commit to a show segment, Jesse. We've flirted with this a few times, but we are going to commit, okay? We're committing? We're okay. We're committing. In. So right. well, we put a shout-out on Instagram during the week, um, getting subscribers, viewers to send us a question via audio or via video through the DMs of Instagram and fire anything at us. We'll answer it on the show. Jesse, do you yep. want to play this week's question? Yep, first question from Alan. Hey guys, hope you're keeping well. Um, I'd really like it, Jesse, if you could maybe talk a little bit more about uh, sugar water as your kind of main nutrition source for training and racing. Uh, I know it's been a couple of years since your kind of first videos um, on it and I've been using it myself, but I still see there's a lot of discourse about it and a lot of kind of negativity feedback from coaches and some sports nutritionists um, and kind of seeing what your views on it still are. Um, a lot of people kind of saying to me that uh, you're not going to absorb it. You can only take 60 grams per hour. But even when I kind of go back with the details and kind of like the what seems to be the science behind it, they still seem to be kind of negative behind it. Do you think it's just a, a stigma around just using something so cheap as your fuel source? Or what do you think? Righto. First subscriber question. I, I'm going to make a guess. I reckon Alan is from the south side of Dublin. Yeah, I'm going to stick with that. Alan, no. let me know down below where okay. you're from. Based on that accent. Now, Jesse, sugar water. Sugar water. Needs a rebrand. Oh, can I just – well, can I just say, because uh, I'm guessing people that watch this show, a chunk of them wouldn't have watched my, the video I made on my channel about sugar water. So I made a video a couple of years ago about how I've been using sugar water as my sports drink for years, and I still do it. And then so it's it, – there's this sort of growing group of people that are just going, ah, I'm sick of buying gels and drinks and blah, blah, blah. I'm just going to use sugar water. And so this, that's what this question was about. So, I mean, to answer this question, so uh, does it, do I still do it? Does it still work? Yes, nothing's changed. Uh, it's still, I still use it. Um, so why would, why would why, negative feedback on it from sports nutritionists? Can you just really quickly just explain? I mean, obviously I'll put the link down below. When you say sugar water, what, what are you putting in your... I what, literally mean sugar in water. So instead of going out and you're going, okay... I'm going to do a three-hour ride. I'll have two gels an hour. You just get, start use the gels and you just get all those grams of carbs you would have gotten just from 
table sugar, sucrose. Yep. Just that. Yep. That's what you do. You put it in your water bottle and, and you're off you go. That's what, that's what that is. So uh, why would a, a sports dietitian or a nutritionist kind of uh, be against it or, or say that it, it, uh, you can only absorb sort of 60 grams an hour or, or something like that, uh, that because they don't know what they're talking about? Um, that is just wrong, maybe. So if you've asked someone just on a ride or something or, or, or just off the cuff and you said, oh, what do you think about using sugar as a drink? They'd probably go, oh, if they didn't know what they're talking about, they'd probably go, oh, no, that doesn't work, you know, 60 grams an hour. They're probably confusing sugar with glucose. So the glucose only is limited to about 60 grams of uh, uptake per hour, oxidation per hour. So maybe they were getting confused there. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if you've kind of asked someone in a more formal setting and they've said that, they are confused because uh, sugar is uh, glucose and fructose, same as all the popular um, products. So it has similar amount that you can absorb as, as them. And I would also say, if, if you're ever confused and you're going, oh, look, I know the sugar can kind of work, but you know, it, it doesn't work as well as X other product. Keep this in mind. Scratch Labs, hydration sport drink mix. Basically, Scratch's marquee endurance product. The first ingredient is cane sugar. Sugar. That's what, if you're buying a bag of Scratch Labs, the biggest proportional, proportional ingredient of that is sugar, cane sugar. Then they add dextrose in. Dextrose is just glucose, so that's when they'll add that in just to adjust the ratio of the glucose to fructose by a little bit. So maybe in they might have 30 grams of sugar and and, and 5 or 10 grams of, of glucose on its own. And then you're into your electrolytes. So if you're buying scratch, you're buying sugar. Next one, SIS Beta Fuel Energy Chews. So you go, okay, I've seen like Chris Foom back at the Giro. Remember, you're wearing Beta Fuel. I know the pros run Beta Fuel. You go on SAS's website and you go, SAS Beta Fuel. It's in black packaging. It looks like, as Chris said, it looks comes amazing. from a lab in Siberia. Uh, so you go, okay, I'll buy the, the Beta Fuel Energy Chews. Uh, what are the ingredients in a Beta Fuel Energy Chew? The first ingredient is sugar. They haven't even, so they haven't even done a fancy word for sugar. They haven't gone cane sugar or evaporated syrup or anything. They've just gone sugar. The second ingredient's water. And then similar with the Scratch Labs, the next ingredient's a little bit of uh, glucose syrup adjust the ratio but so an sas beta fuel chew is sugar so if you're ever kind of doubting it and going oh i don't know if that really works well if you're buying sas beta fuel chews you're buying sugar if you're buying scratch labs hydration mix you're buying sugar i find the biggest roadblock to this is when you put 80 grams of sugar in a water bottle it's really confronting like it's a lot you know, the the discourse of nutrition amongst the world is that sugar is evil, right? That's the reality, okay? And here we are, like you put 80 grams of sugar in a water bottle. It's just a physical lot of sugar. It's a good like, yeah. chunk at the bottom. Exactly. Bottle. And yeah. it's, it's so it's, I totally get it. Like, yeah, but so is if you've poured powder in. No, see, I would, uh, no, I would disagree, okay? So... The, the let's say what's the one I was using it was I using Morton? I can't remember. Did I use Morton? Yes, I think I used the Morton one at Arrow. Anyway, we'll go with that, which had eighty grams in it. That fine powdery thing. 
it didn't it wasn't as physically um, confronting as as the sugar. So that is that is a real roadblock for people to get over. The products that you okay, so technically the products use maltodextrin and fructose. It, it, it achieves a similar outcome, but technically they're slightly different. But mm. yeah, it's it, I mean, like at a high level, it's the same, pretty much the same thing in a slightly different ratio with a slightly different to pass yeah. through time in the gut. And what I will say also, and this is just me, right? Yeah. If I'm going up to those sort of 80, 100 grams, the 80, 100 grams of sugar is really sweet, I find, in my water bottle. Mm-hmm. I find... The good ones, so the Mortons, are not as not as sweet, not as in Definitely. the mouth. Yep. Um, I, I do use Staminate a lot, but I, I use it at lower intensities, and so I'll only have, I'll only even max out in a water bottle with fifty grams of that. But if you go above fifty grams of Staminate, yep. it's just impossible. It's so sweet. Yeah. It staminates like a Gatorade, basically. Yeah, like a Gatorade thing. Yeah. yeah so def- like, yeah, definitely. If you find like an 80 gram uh, of sugar water in a 600 ml bottle is too sweet and you don't like the taste, then yeah, like a, 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 a maltodextrin fructose mix, maltodextrin is, is, is less sweet than, than glucose. I mean, fructose is always sweet. So they're always going to be sweet if they have fructose in them, which they're going to need to if in the amounts that sort of we're having. So yes, like the taste is definitely one thing. But even then... Sugar water isn't the sweetest sports drink I've used. The sweetest I've ever used, you'll probably remember this back from the team days, is that SIS hydration oh, yeah, carb mix, yeah. the, the black currant flavor. That is like drinking, and even in 30, 40 grams per 600 ml bottle, that stuff is like so sweet and flavorful that when people say, oh, I can't drink sugar water, it's too sweet. Okay, I hear you. I don't think it's the sweetest mix I've used. It's definitely no, no, not definitely. the sweetest mix. Definitely I've not. Used. No. Um, I find it's less sweet than even like a staminade because you've got then the sweetness plus the flavouring, which can overload. Morton does something with its tech. It almost, and I don't particularly like it. It changes the texture of the of the fluid a bit. It it does start to taste kind of jellyish almost, and I don't know whether I think they're doing that on purpose. That's a bit of a struggle. Okay. Well, the um, the Morton has the hydrogel, that mm. sodium alginate stuff, which yeah, literally changes the properties mm. of how it's bound together. So that'll make it yeah have that different mouth feel. Um, uh, or just I mean other. So the only okay taste. That's one reason you might not like using sugar. And the thing about people might say it's bad for your teeth, but well, compared to what? Mm. I mean, yeah, drinking. Drinking Morton at the same amount per hour is also just as bad for your teeth. I mean, fructose and maltodextrin aren't good for your teeth either. Uh, so I, you know, just drinking sugary sports drink of some variety in the same amount. There's no evidence that sugar is any worse than a maltodextrin fructose mix. So I don't. If you're up, if to you're that. up over 60, 80 grams of carbs, it's not a great place for your teeth, no, no, no matter no. what. So really. In that case. Yeah, it's not good for your teeth, true, but it's not any worse for your teeth than you know any of the other, or well, any of the two products I just read out. Mm. It's the same. So there's that. Uh, the only other thing is, so sugar is half and half glucose and fructose. So some of the custom-made mixes where they're using a multidextrin or fructose, they'll use slightly less fructose per amount of total 
carbohydrates. And there are some people that don't tolerate fructose well. Be people on like a low FODMAP mm-hmm. diet yep. because you have too much fructose uh, and that can make people gassy and fart. And there's, there's a whole, there's different types of carbohydrates that can do that. That whole FODMAP group is all these different types. Fructose is one of them. So if you are generally sensitive to fructose, sugar will likely be worse because you're getting more fructose per serve of carbohydrate. It's not much because in most of the up-to-date mixes, they'll be using one to 0.8 fructose. So it's like over like an 80 gram serve. It's not a lot of, it's, it's a, it's like a few grams difference in fructose. Um, but if you are sensitive to fructose, you should just be using a glucose only mix anyway, like a maltodextrin only. So, and also if you are sensitive to fructose, you should probably be looking at the rest of your diet as well because you don't want to be eating food that's inflaming your gut constantly yeah. anyway. So there's definitely that if, I, people say, oh, sugar water. As soon as someone says, oh, I tried the sugar, it makes me really gassy. Like you need to go and look at how you absorb fructose because chances are it's that's causing the issue. Can I take this into a chat about Fondo Nutrition? Yes. Potentially. Um, thank you, Alan, for your for your question. Keep them coming next week. Uh, DM via the Neuro Cycling Show Instagram account. Oh, and it needs to be an audio or video. We don't want to read out a comment. Yeah, yeah. definitely. We got, we got quite a few that were just – Hyped messages, but yep. we, you know, playing the audio is nice. Play the audio or video. I mean, would love yep. to be able to j- throw it up here at some point, put the video up, and if you do, please do it in landscape because we're on YouTube. Um, <laughs> so yeah, Fondo Fondo Nutrition question for you. Um, I'm going to go do three peaks. So three peaks for those of you who don't live in Australia is a 230k. Three and a half thousand meter climbing. It it's a, a killer. big day out. Yeah, it's. It's my dirty little secret that I've never done it. So, well, I've, I've done You've it. gone to do it. I've gone to do it twice. <laughs> Once the, sh- the course was um, had to be changed last minute and so we did the same metrics but not the, tr- not the classic Tawonga Gap, Hotham, backside of falls. We did, uh, I think, a lapse of Buffalo was the, was the climb. Yeah. It was by all accounts – much easier than the normal version. And then there's the infamous one where my pedal fell off on the <laughs> descent after 10 Ks. Okay. So I've never done it. And it's, um, yeah, look, one thing. Oh, can I just say, for people that don't quite understand, you are mad for going into, uh, what are you doing? Really? It is so hard and lo- you haven't been training that much. You Not are good. serious. But see, What's your goal? for? Are you just, just want to finish yeah. it? Yeah. And this, this is. Because you're not in the shape you were a couple no, not for that distance. Not, no, but but this is the thing about a fondo. It's not a like this is why people enter fondos. Why people last minute enter fondos because it's not like the brake goes up the road <laughs> and there's my day done. Yep. It's like you know what I'm going to go do through three amazing climbs. I'll probably vlog it or something and make a day of it. Okay. Yes, there is the the. No, I'm. But you can see why I'm shocked. This kind of come out of nowhere. I'm by going and doing a nine-hour Grand Fondo with <laughs> 3,000 metres of climbing off the cuff. I'll sure. be good. I'll be good. <laughs> Once, yeah. <laughs> I'm talking you out of it now. Yeah, you are sort of talking me out of it. Um, yeah. Don't make, don't make me doubt it. Um, oh, there'll be, there'll be chats in the coming weeks, what I'm going to do with the bike, gearing. You know, I've just talked up one by. <laughs> What the fuck am I going to do about that? Can't back out of it now. Can't back out of that. Oh, yeah. yes, I can. Um, 
So we'll see. We'll see. That's that'll be a chat next week. I'm, I'll have some options for you to throw it, throw at you. Okay. So we'll see what we can come up with. Um, but I want to talk about the nutrition thing because I've never done this, and I've always been super jealous of you doing this. Mm-hmm. And it's the it's the sugar bladder, or it's the 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 gel bladder, the mega gel, the mega gel, the super gel, Me- super yeah. gel. So essentially, it's a it's a bladder. Like I don't know, five hundred milliliters or something 250 like that. Two fifty or five hundred. Yep. Yeah. Um, of gel-like substance, and there's a few reasons I I do this. Like I I go to these events and I take these like you have just wrapper after wrapper after wrapper of these gels, and I'm like, where am I putting these things? And after two hours, you've just got gel wrappers all over the place around your hands. All it's over. just disgusting, and you know I mean, chucking them you can't obviously chuck them into bloody national parks around Hotham and all the rest of it. So streamline it down, go the gel bladder, talk me through it. How do I do this? It's, I also want to – I'm going to start steering away from calling it a sugar bladder yes. or sugar water. I'm going to go it's – a, it's a sucrose-based carbohydrate solution. That's, you know, wink, wink, nod, nod. Just if it makes you feel better. If it makes, if it makes you feel like you're absorbing it better, if you call it a sucrose-based carbohydrate solution, I'm sticking with it. Uh, so you're basically just making up a – like you would a sugar bottle, but cutting the fluid out and basically making a massive gel. So what's so am I am I cooking it down? Is that how it works? You, you so yeah, you'll have to when you when you mix it in. So you can if you put eighty grams of sugar in a six hundred bottle, or you shake it up, it'll dissolve. When you're making it like this, you will have to to heat it up. You definitely don't want to boil it and have like <laughs> like a um, toffee. So mm. don't boil it. I I made a video where I, I heat it up on the stove. You actually don't need to do that. So just Boil the kettle, have like really hot water, not quite boiling, and then you just you just mix that in with your uh, with your sugar. So you just put your sh- let's say how much should I be peaks? going okay, for? Okay, so peaks is going to take you probably let's say nine hours. Mm-hmm. Let's say you're aiming for seventy grams of sugar per hour from the from the flask, and then the rest is coming from just whatever solids or, or ad hoc stuff you have along the way in the feed zones. Yeah, bottles. Mm. So you need 630 grams of uh, of sucrose-based carbohydrate solution. So I'd have two. That The one pouch, the 500 mil one, you could fit 630 grams of sugar in that. The problem is it's really you, it's really hard to dose because then you're having a sip. And if your sip's too big, you've had 100 <laughs> grams of sugar in like one mouthful. So I'd make two, use 250 mil ones and, and, and put 300 grams of sugar in each. You'll dissolve that in, in hot water, no problem. And then that's... You know, off you go. So finish one within the first four hours, finish the next one in the second four hours. Along the way, top up with your water in your feed zones and maybe a gel or a cliff bar and whatever along the way and, and you're done. The golden thing about this is you're taking the, the, the carbohydrate out of the bottles mm. so that how many people go to a Grand Fondo and they've got all their sports drink mix in their bottles? And then it's really hot, so they then they've drunk it all, and then mm. they go to stop at the next feed zone and fill up with just water, mm. and then they're like, oh, oh, I've drunk all my carbs. Yeah. It's all gone. So you can get it out of the bottles onto your person and then stop at every feed zone, top up with water and drink to thirst, top up with your sucrose-based carbohydrate solution flasks, and it could not really be easier. You don't need to buy anything. All you do is you can literally make that the night before Go to the supermarket, buy a bag of sugar, boil some water, let it cool for a little bit and dissolve it in a measuring jug. No secret in. ingredients, no little 
Oh, if you want to have, uh, if you want electrolytes, depending on the temperature, depending on how much sodium you want to take in, you can add some sodium in just with sodium chloride. Maybe stick to I'm not to going it. to say what sodium chloride is. Right. I'll leave it as the technical name. You can add, uh, it's, it's, you can use a sodium chloride electrolyte <laughs> solution in there too. Um, so it will be a, a, so, a salty sugar flask um, if, if that's right. Or, you know, if, you, if you're really salty sweater and it's really hot, you could just carry um, uh, electrolyte tablets and yep. drop them in the yep. bottles that's when you fill up. Or just go salt tabs as well. Yep. But that, that, they don't take up much room anyway. Yep. And your pockets are pretty much free because the, the flask you can just put in behind your neck or oh, wow. in a pocket each. So and you could go full back in the back of the that's jersey. Right. Yeah. And then you, so you're also keeping your pockets free and just stick it down the So back. I could run the Nero skin suit then. You could go, yeah. So you could, you could go Nero suit, one flask behind the neck, yep. one flask in one pocket, and then just salt tabs, yeah. a little bit of solids, it's caffeine, pills in the other. Might try and take a GoPro, but anyway, we'll see. All right. But yeah, that's the setup. No, I'm pumped about that. So that's, I think now, the thing I'm right in saying about three, three and a half thousand people do that. Um, that is a on-road Grand Fondo that occurs in Australia. Um, you just wanted to quickly mention the Brisbane one? Oh, Tour of Brisbane. That's coming up soon as well, April. They're, they're sending an email the other night. They're predicting 6,000 entrants into that. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Long live the Grand Fondo. I'm, uh, that's going to be yeah, that's awesome. crazy. I mean, you, you've entered. I think you're going. Uh, I'm considering going to doing a bit of a road trip with the son and with, with the dog and wife. We'll go up, and I'm considering entering too. It'd be fun. Um, but six thousand people Fantastic. in the CBD in Brisbane, major city. Like, yes, I'm just hyped for it, and and that people are entering it, and the organisers are going to make a lot of money. Hopefully, you know, the, the margins probably aren't that big because it's in the middle of the city. So there's lots of expenses. But the more entrance they get, I thought it was great. Now we just need to convince Cam Nichols to do it. Get him yeah. down there. Is it a bit of a YouTube? I think, the, I think it needs to be on. I think it needs to be. Okay. He's in my age group. He's in your age group. Now, what age group's that? That is the, it's the oh, is it? middle-aged group. Okay. Uh, 40 to 45. 40 to 45. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think I'm right in saying that, Cam. I think. I want to undersell be, you. Okay. Yeah. you cool. Do you think the, I think the RCA boys will string it out to the <laughs> climb are, and full full trains next to, to each well, other? Might have to, I don't know how many uh, RCA staff would be in that age cap, but he might have to you – know, there might be some bribes going around. Ooh, we'll you stick you in an RCA kit and get Wiggins do lead out. We, we, got, we might have to hand out some Nero suits and get yep. some – if you're in the 40 to 45 category, you want to be Chris Miller's team yep. and you want to lead him out into the bottom of Mount Cutha, <laughs> you know, get again in the comments. Uh, yeah, that'd, that'd be cool. I, I'm for, uh, if I go and enter, which I, I'm thinking I will, unfortunately, I'm in the I'm in the 30 to yep. 35, so I'll go off before you. Yep. Well, maybe a weight behind I on, the side, so. of the, on the side of the highway. Full weight ups. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dear. All right, bit of YouTube chat, Jesse. A bit of time to mm. talk about our colleagues on YouTube. That's that's how I, that's how I'm oh, framing this now. That's a really nice. Do you like that? I was thinking it? about that's that today. Community, yeah, isn't it? Because someone that gets everyone out every now and again, like we talk, we talk about YouTube because this is the space that we're in, etc. And people say, "Oh, you're jealous of them. You're jealous." Of them. I'm not jealous. They're our colleagues. We're all in this together. <laughs> all right. Um, first one I wanted to mention is riding behind pros in Majorca content is back. This is its peak moment in the season this is when 
the infamous – now, you might remember old mate riding in behind Remco 12 months ago in his World Champs kit and Remco gets all pissed off about it. Do you remember we had a whole segment about it? We talked about it. This is the same guy. This is uh, the uh, same Artem guy. But this Have you watched this? No. It's brilliant. So he goes up. He does exactly what our criticism was in the first place. He goes up to Remco – rides up right next to him and says, do you mind if I sit on you? And mm-hmm. Remco's like, yeah, yeah, no problem. And then he goes, and then there's another little exchange where he says something like, it doesn't quite come across, but it's along the lines of, oh, sorry about last time. This is the, the filmer saying, um, I should have asked, blah, blah, blah. And Remco's, oh, all good, no problems. It, you know, sit mm-hmm. on, etc. Brilliant, brilliant magic. That's That's all we ever wanted. And these guys absolutely... It's, it's awesome to have someone sit on your wheel and do an effort if they've asked. So I'm, I'm looking at this video. Is, this, is Remco doing Sweet Spot? I thought pros only did Zone 2 and <laughs> Zone 5. This looks like – this suspiciously looks like about 5 watts per kilo, which should be Sweet Spot here. Uh, some cadence variation. Interesting. Interesting. So I'm just being a, being a bit, bit of a prick. You're, um, you're being a bit cool. of a t- bit of uh, coach being, there, are you? a bit of a tool. Um, I no, love this content. Yeah, it's it's all over the place that he's done. He's done them with uh, with Visma. Name the team. He's he's gone and done them all. I reckon this is. I reckon the pro teams should get on this and make these. I mean, their YouTube channels, their content is just pathetic. Why not actually do this properly? Get someone to ride in behind the the guys. What awesome trainer content! I mean. People are sitting on the trainer now listening to us rabbit on about crap. (laughs) How much better would it be to sit on the trainer and follow, like, these guys doing efforts? I reckon that would be sick. And you could have, like, little... Little little markers coming off the, the the riders in front, like who they are, and mm-hmm. it just builds a little bit more engagements with them. I don't know. I'm giving away all the good ideas at the moment. Yep. But pro teams, get on this. Next year, make this content yours. Right, I'm going to cut to our second question. We got subscriber, subscriber submitted question right now. Hey, Jesse. Hey, Chris. I was wondering, when it comes to filming cycling, why is it so hard to make it look cool? This is exactly what we're sort of talking about. You need to film from the front. Now, this is a good video by Artem. He's, he's riding his bike. He can only film from behind. How do you make cycling footage look cool? You film it from the front. You Especially, that, that's why races look cool, because they're all filmed from a motorbike sitting in front. If, if Artem could, I mean, he's probably not going to be able to ride in front of Remco <laughs> at doing seven Remco, watts Remco, do you kilo, mind but... if I just ride in front of you <laughs> at 400 watts? Yeah. But the team could if, they're, if, they, if yep. they're behind the moto for a session anyway. Like yep. Tom Pickcock did a moto pace taking, he took the colder rats, I think it's called KOM, the other day, which he then made private because he felt bad it was behind a motorbike. Why isn't there a GoPro on the back of that? Mm. Uh, that's... 200,000 views, even with, and then add commentary, add a data overlay. I mean, yep. easy money. And because, but it needs to be filmed from the front. Uh, and that's, that's a good spot. That's the main thing. Mm. Yeah. I, I, that's a question for trainer, for trainer riders. What do you prefer to watch when you're riding on the trainer? Do you prefer the Zwift experience? That sort of. This guy's filming from behind. Or do you want the Jesse, it looks cool in front stuff? Yeah, mm-hmm. don't know. Another one, Cedric's back. Tour de Titama Unibet rider now, Pro mm-hmm. Conti. And he did his first 
So this was his first training camp. I thought this was a really good one. So basically what he was trying to do day to day to day. And then, you know, he was even, you would have liked this. He had like screenshots of his training peaks or whatever it was up there, like what he's doing, his load each day. But then it descended into a world that I don't understand anymore. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And, yeah, I mean, I'm talking about the lactate stuff. Yep. (sighs) I don't know. I know. I'm this, not gonna. Uh, I, I don't want to go okay, into the science okay. science of it. Okay. I'm not going in there. No. Okay. I'm not going there. I think what I just wanted to make this statement. Yep. Can I just make a statement and then just or potentially move on? Sure. Let's go. <laughs> the way professional cyclists now train makes no sense to me. <laughs> and did that, it I'm okay. Well, it did because right. even though the numbers and the volumes were bonkers. I understood the numbers and the volumes. Now I just don't know what's going on. With yeah, I mean, we combine that with the altitude camps, and so this, the from a just a cyclist who trains perspective, I just it doesn't resonate yeah. with me anymore. Yep. Yeah. There is a lot more going on. You've mm. got well, it's not just altitude. You've got yeah, you've got you know, if they're measuring lactate. In a session, you've got implementation of that. You've got altitude. You've got heat, how they're implementing heat. Um, you're doing strength training now. So if they're doing strength training, how are they working that in? It's not just like – Thanks for noticing. It's, it's not just um, – what's old mate? Uh, Horner. It's not just Horner. You know, I did 30 hours a week. And like, there's just a lot – in a pro cyclist training now, there are more things being inter- implemented because even if it's – you know, if it's heat training and even if it's not a particularly hot race – even if it's at a you know, just a regular sort of twenty degree temperature, it's a two or three percent gain. They'll implement that to use. Same with altitude. Same with any of this stuff. So teams now will be adding up all these little things that are relatively small gains, and then you come and look at it from sort of your point of view. And you're going, I don't, wouldn't even know where to start to like piece this puzzle together. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really good from a um, excuses why I'm not good perspective. Because now you get to do the, oh, well, I'm not doing altitude. Oh, I'm not not doing lactate. Oh, I'm not monitoring my core temperatures. So now I've got lots of ducks in a line that I can use to be the reasons why I'm not actually very good as opposed to just the talent and ability and work ethic stuff. Yep. Supplem- uh, add in there uh, supplementation shifting throughout different phases of the season, what supplements you're using, yep. diet manipulations through the week, Brilliant. when are you overfueling, when are you underfueling. Like that is all now part of the training process. It's not just, oh, four hours today, and that's all you think about. So, yeah, and I mean, Cedric's cool because he, he is showing well, that side it. of things. And what was so cool about his video, like it wasn't going well for him. Yep. I just love that. Like a, it's so easy to show the good days. Yeah, to me, and this is a guy who's – showing the vun, vun, vulnerability of professional cyclists at a young age. You know, here's his opportunity. He knows it. Like he's, in, he's now in a professional cycling team. This is his opportunity. Numbers aren't where he wants it to be. Shit. Okay, what do I do? Oh, fuck, try it tomorrow. Like I, I just rate it. Yeah, good on you, Cedric. Last little YouTube thing that I noticed during the week, uh, Katie Kookaburra got a new bike. And I'll be honest, I'm there like, oh, here we go. Some Miller spec <laughs> bloody 
top end disc road bike boring. No, it's an SL4 rim brake. She's decked it out with GRX, the whole the whole world. Don't go cynical on me, Jesse. Oh, come Don't on. go cynical. <laughs> Don't. You're not allowed to. Okay. These are our colleagues. We're not allowed to have banter about what, this anymore. Uh, what, 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 okay. So she's on, new, new new to her bike day. Mm-hmm. Okay. She bought it secondhand. Can I go cynical on a similar yeah, train of thought for, 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 for a bike magazine? We're allowed to be cynical. Because Bike Rider did a similar video. Oh, no, don't The last high-end rim brake bike. <laughs> like, okay, now this, this video was uploaded two days ago and it's had 61,000 views. They haven't had that many views on a video since I'm scrolling. I'm scrolling a month ago, which was road bike upgrades you don't need. Road bike upgrades you don't. So same pandering. So that was eighty five thousand views a month ago. Uh, you have the wrong bike. Here's why. I actually, that's that's not bad. So you know, popular from from their videos, it's doing well. When a bike magazine does this. Don't you feel like it's a, a it's a little it's a too little too late kind of thing? This of the ship sailed. We we've in some way probably now I'm not pointing on them in particular, but just that industry in some way has probably perpetuated things about new bikes, which we which weren't in the consumer's best interests, like the changing uh, criteria that you're reviewing a bike on that we chatted about last week, and then it's like. Three years later, rim brakes are awesome. Look at this bike. It's sick. This is the opposite of the untouchable topics. So this is the perfect panda topic. <laughs> so basically what this means is you get, to, you get to arm the army of rim brake lovers, which we know are very, very vocal on, on YouTube because they've you know, got, a, got a reason to. Mm-hmm. So you pander to them. And anyone who wants to bob in with, oh, get over it, guys, this breaks rule the world, will be shot at dawn, basically, <laughs> in, in the comments. And you're right. It's, it almost, it's cynical because we know next week they're going to be putting up whatever the, the latest and greatest is, which is fine, mm-hmm. and it'll be disc brake and it'll be aero and it'll be integrated and it'll be everything that that bike isn't. So, I don't know, go, go do whatever you want. It was just, just, I mean, it's cynical, not a big deal. I mean, mate, yeah. like, it's just an interesting Video that with one of their guys that works for them, he, he loves his rim brake bike. So they're just doing a video on it. So I, I am kind of it's all tongue in cheek. It's not a big deal. Oh, yeah. It's just it's just kind of uh, it's just funny. It's just like I just find yeah. like who who actually watches that video and finds anything in it interesting. Like uh, uh, is that is that harsh? Is that mean? Like no, that is harsh because I I as someone who still likes rim brake bikes and still rides one, I really enjoyed just okay. Fair the enough. Fr- it was literally. 11 Froth minutes of me f- just wetting myself about how cool it looks and how light it is and how well it would ride up a hill and someone would have a lot of fun riding it. And I, yeah, I loved it. But, you know, on the same channel that probably in three videos time will be saying, you know, you don't need a light bike because aero is everything. And yeah, but yeah, it's just funny. Culture wars. Mm. They're like, it's like a news. It's like a news out. Well, yeah. sorry. That's why am I saying it's they're like a news outlet. There are a news outlet. It's like, it's just f- like, Feed the culture war. And then the, the thumbnail is like, rim brakes live. And we're like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. But I also really just like the way Katie did that because it was like, oh, new bike day, blah, blah, blah. And she didn't show anyone what the bike was till like three quarters of the way through. And then it's like, 
what? SL4, blah, 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 with like, you know, low spec stuff. And uh, anyway, she was sort of mentioning that she's going to do some stuff about secondhand bikes. See, that's a very, it. she's done it very tastefully. Yeah. She hasn't gone, click my video, I'm still riding rim brakes. Yeah. She's gone, that's my new bike. It suits my needs. I like it. Yep. I'm guessing that's what she said. 100%. Oh, and, yep. fair, and and she didn't really overplay that in the title or the thumbnail. Yep. And that, yeah, it says a lot. I couldn't think of a bike less suited to the UK. Did she chat about why she bought it? Because I'm thinking, okay, riding, if there was a, ever a country where you, you'd want a disc brake bike, it's going to be in the UK at this time of year. I can't imagine riding that. It's probably going to fit, you know, 25s at most. Rim brakes, they don't work well in the wet. Like what's the... What was the buying, purchasing decision of that? It sounded like she was really talking about the simplicity factor. And she liked the, I mean, she was using parts that she'd had. So she had some GRX stuff around. And it's just that that classic, you know, mid 2010s thing where you could just do that. You could just take bits and pieces off bikes and build up a frame and, and ride it like that spec for a winter or a summer and then change it out for a different chain ring. I will say the tires on it, Katie, please change those tires. I think she had like Maxxis refuse tires on there, like running that can't have been wider than 25 mil. Please put some decent <laughs> tires on there. That's going to make me sick. Was that mansplaining? Oh. <laughs> Got to get in trouble for that, Chris. No, I think that was – you'd say that if it was anyone. I'd any, say yeah, that if no, it was you'd anyone. say that I'd to anyone. <laughs> yeah. Had a go at people for yeah. – maybe I shouldn't have said it. Yeah, okay. Anyway. Maybe the tone was Maybe the tone was wrong. Yeah, that's a fair yeah. point. It looks like a great – actually, looks like a great bike for Sydney. Yes. Not for wherever she is in the UK. Yeah. All right, just quickly before we go, Jesse, um, I wanted to quickly shout out my 3D printer guy, Concentric Cycling, and had a really, really nasty crash in Adelaide before he went back from Tour Down Under – Smashed up his pelvis, unfortunately. So he's going to be spending some time off the bike. Um, he did kind of mention on Instagram he's going to be slow getting orders out on his website. So I did want to to mention that to to him. I hope he rests up and and gets back out on the bike soon. Um, do you want to just quickly reiterate what we're doing with the questions? I would like to keep this uh, sort of answering people's sort of questions or, or even if it's just a comment or a point you want us to comment on, uh, please, yeah, send them through uh, audio video message on, on Instagram to at Nero Show Cycling. And ones we think are interesting, uh, keen to chat about them on future episodes. Hopefully we can keep this going. So send them through, please. Awesome. Thank you for your time this week, JC. Thanks for having me. We'll see you next week. See you then. softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.